Welcome to Recommissioned, a bi-weekly podcast where we go back to watch Battlestar Galactica. Each week, I'm joined by my good pal Matt, who has only seen the episodes up to the one we're covering. Now, I've seen them all. And this week, we bring you Season 2, Episode 13, Epiphanies. She's a PyCon, work maintenance on the Greenleaf, no known criminal affiliations. Uh, Until now. Now listen to this. Do not be afraid. We are not terrorists, but we will not sit back while Adama's war machine continues to press us into cruel and futile conflict. God damn it. Our demonstrations worked. The news is already spreading across the fleet. What do you think of epiphanies, Matt? We're coming down off a big high. We're coming down off of Admiral Kane's demise at the hands of Prisoner Six, I'm going to start calling her. Yeah. And uh, here we are. We're, we're wrapping it up. We just got done watching Epiphanies. We're going to watch this shit, and I am curious. How I feel about it yeah. overall? Yep. Honestly, I, I know you. it's very rare. This is, it doesn't happen very often. Actually, hell, this might be the only time where you did. You didn't drop a spoiler to me beforehand, but you did I mention did, offhanded. Which I'll talk you, about. You were just kind of like, eh, kind of a weaker episode. Like <laughs> You gave me that little heads up. Um but I got to say, man, overall, I still enjoyed it. Me I too. definitely, I definitely see it being one of on if it is a spectrum of weak episode to fantastic legendary episode. It's it's going towards the weaker side. Like it's not extremely memorable. Um, no gigantic reveals, although it adds a few interesting little things that I could see becoming interesting problems in the future. Um, but overall, I, like I'm I'm mostly interested in. Um, uh, Rosalind, getting to see a little more of Rosalind, the backstory leading up there, and especially her kind of having those dream memory visions, but re- noticing that she saw Gaius and Six. That was some interesting shit. I really like that. Uh, I would say my only real complaints, and obviously we're going to get there, you know, it, it's a big crux of the episode kind of towards the last 20 minutes. A little deus ex machina kind of E, you know, where you're like, mm, okay, it's a little, that's a little convenient. <laughs> but I still think it's a pretty decent episode. It's definitely not a bad one. Um, I enjoyed it overall. I'm mostly interested in the Rosalind stuff. The uh, the demand peace people, I think there's interesting possibility there, but I don't find them all that interesting in this episode. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I guess, we'll, I guess we'll get to it. You So you, you said that to me. You'd seen this episode before. I guess you probably didn't remember it as well just because it's not a highly memorable episode. But coming off of it, like I said, you dropped me that hint of, eh, a little bit weaker. Why do you say that? Why do you, what jumps to mind for you? Sure. So I'll, I'll go off of my, my memory of this episode was that it was weaker. Um, I seem to remember that fairly well. And is and uh, the other night I had it on like the first few minutes and it was all this flashback shit. I was like, oh fuck off. But <laughs> I I I will say it is a little bit better than I think I remembered. Or perhaps I'm just more forgiving on a rewatch of this episode. Not one of the ones you'd say I'd watched many times. Right. I, I, to be honest with you, I think it is interesting that she saw him in a flashback. But I liked that less than I I, I liked. That less, how do I want to say this? I like that less than the deus ex machina of the Cylon blood. Okay. Yeah. I don't know yeah. why. I just, the Cylon blood thing didn't disturb me too much. Um, it, it, but, but it did occur to me, by me telling you this was a bit of a downer episode and we see what could possibly be the demise of Rosalind, like, that's my point. I try to explain to people how easily you could spoil something. And if you thought Rosalind died, you'd probably say, I wouldn't call this like kind of a shit episode. 
Yeah. So like that's the kind of spoilers that are innocuous that people forget about. And that's why I need to be careful about stuff like that, um, which I talk about all the time. Like sometimes you can give away things without directly saying a spoiler just by offering a this is kind of a shit episode. If you get people who are neurotic, they're going to read into that. Oh, why is it shit? And then if you're watching it, you're going to think, well, he wouldn't say that Roslyn's going to die if it was just a shit episode. I would have said, what if, man, we got a big thing coming, right? Right. And that right. would give it away too. So sometimes by, you, you think the obvious spoiler is saying, oh, there's a big thing coming next week. But sometimes it's saying it's a shitty episode next week. Because then if the, <laughs> if the dramatic premise is set up that she might die by the end of this episode, and I've already told you it's shitty, you're probably not going to say, oh, he, do, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think anything gigantically consequential might happen. Sure, if I say it's shitty. So I'm not even going to do that anymore. <laughs> because y- you can read into it and pick up on these clues if you're savvy and start going, well, especially if people forget that kind of stuff. My, well, I, myself honestly, included. When I was thinking about what, when you had said that to me, I, I still try to keep an you know, open mind. Like, all right, maybe we'll, maybe we'll disagree and I'll like, just enjoy uh, the episode and I'll be able to just disagree on it. But midway through the episode, I started to wonder if Rosalind was going to die and it was going to be shittily handled. Uh-huh. Like it was going to be like a, a weak death and that was like felt like it wasn't done with a bright you know magnitude or something and i was like oh is she gonna die isn't it gonna be like shitty <laughs> like i was like ah that would suck for Rosalind to go out on such a bad note so i started to wonder that a little bit so i was still a little surprised uh about her surviving but it's it's more the mechanism of her survival that's a little like eh, okay right yeah sure sure so um so there's that i i um I liked the guy's Baltar stuff. I thought Adama yeah. was an officious ass this week. <laughs> and, I, and I don't usually just come out hard on him. I'm usually no, don't. like him a lot. I just thought he was a bit of, a, a bit of an ass this week. But, and I'm not saying it was written bad. I just yeah. thought he was kind of annoying me this week. But that's okay. Um, I like the stuff with Gaius. Um, I like the idea of, a, a bit of a movement starting a bit of a movement starting on this on this issue of things going on but i almost yeah. feel like that's an opportunity to bring tom zarek back uh that's a good point you know yeah. I, and then the other thing i didn't like about that is i didn't like the way the mystery was handled it was they said we need to find out who's doing this they walked into this place saw this woman and she panicked and that's it, i was like dude. what the oh fuck my God. And then they start to uncover these other things, like a pamphlet of this or that. I feel like the editing was weird. Like they should have discovered that stuff that led them to her. That's a, yeah, that's kind of. Do you know what I mean? Uh, It was like, oh, we found this chick. And then they found this other shit that didn't really matter. And it led to them finding this other guy. Um, I feel like you probably could have cut either the, the, the woman handling the ammo out or, or the guy and just had the one guy and made it a little bit more compelling from their point of view. Because they weren't sympathetic at all. That's another problem I had with this group. You never got the feeling that they were they hadn't they had a great point. They just were like surrender to the Cylons and make peace. What? Like that's just an <laughs> asinine thing. And I, I guess I could see a group thinking something asinine. God knows there's plenty that do. But <laughs> but for, for my TV drama, I, I feel like you could have made that a little bit more of a compelling argument in giving us a sympathetic view of them, but they weren't. They were just sort of there and set up for us to take this 
ADAR lesson and apply it to this lesson, which I didn't love either. I didn't love the flashbacks of the ADAR lesson and the random thing about her humping him and then her using that knowledge to it. I, I, I don't know. There's just a lot of things that were a little bit wonky to me. But I found myself kind of interested the whole episode, though. Um, I like the very brief moments we see of the chief, just the way he handles himself. And he's like, more than one is sabotage. Pull them all. Boom. Yeah, just handling shit in the fucking deck. Movie. I love it. Um, <laughs> Dude, as far as the girl, <laughs> the, like the first person of the demand piece that they discover when they go down there, I could not stop thinking about the Tom Segura bit when he's talking about the guys interrogated by the homicide detectives where he's like, dude, lie. Lie for longer. Yeah, yeah. You can kill someone and you can't lie yeah, about yeah, it for yeah. 10 fucking minutes. Yeah, like, killed You can them. sabotage a ship. You can't <laughs> lie. Right. Silly. Yeah, and I mean, it's... You could call her a cat's paw, but she was spouting off the, the rhetoric as if she had some sort of conviction. But right. but maybe if she was the main person that we dealt with that whole time, that would have been a little more interesting. It's really tough to say. But I just thought there are some misses this week. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. I pretty much agree. It's not a bad episode. It's no, just weak. I still liked parts. it. To say I didn't like it would be a bit harsh. I like this episode still. Mm. Yeah. But I can, I like I can recognize it for its... You know, for for its yeah. flaws, I guess I'm trying to say. Definitely not in among my favorites. That's for sure. Sure. Let's talk about the open man. What do you think about that? Get right into that open, Rosalind. Rosalind. Memories, visions, getting wheeled up. Right. We see Rosalind talking to somebody about an embroiled negotiation between Adar and, and I guess a an education union of sorts. The fucking unions, dude. They need more money. Uh, she also sees guys and six together. So that's. That's the seed for probably future episodes, I guess you would imagine. Right, right. Where it's like one of those things where she had seen it and it just never made the connection to her. She never fully registered it. And now that she's, you know, on the brink of death and having these more vivid visions of her past, it's like she finally noticed something about her own memory she never noticed before. That I like. Like that's a cool thing that could come back later of like, wait a minute, I remember seeing you with with someone that we know is a Cylon now. Absolutely. That's cool shit. That's cool. So we um, we move on to the opening credits, right? Yes, sir. Rosin looking kind of hot, too. They're a little footsie on, sort of fucking dangling it in the water like a <laughs> little siren. Huh? Whisking like, oh. sailors in their ships to their ruin. Okay, <laughs> I could get into that. I like her fucking business lady suit. Business Get, to get into business. Yeah, Ooh. she cuts through all the red tape. <laughs> Chat and Starbuck on some kind of training op uh, after our opening credits come back in, and uh, we see some uh, we see some operations, some movement. Uh, I don't know if it's the straight cap. I don't think it is. I think it's just a. Um, I think it's just a training thing, right? Yeah, just a training exercise out there flying. You know, honestly, I would say my biggest disappointment in this episode was that when Cat's ship malfunctioned, it didn't explode and kill her. I was like, ah, damn. I thought that way. We might get that. Oh, well. Yeah. There's plenty of Pegasus pilots to replace her at this point. We don't need her. Come on. Sure, sure. So we have that moment. Cat has a weapons malfunction, and uh, the cannon blows up on the port side of her Viper, <clears throat> sending space debris uh, through the intervening distance between the two i can't say air or sky it doesn't make any sense <laughs> so space. hurls space to be space debris from her ship to starbucks 
uh, causing her canopy to get a serious crack in it, and they are both forced, Matthew, to emergency land their vessels in that big old pod bay. Oh, yeah. The deck is yours, they say. Fucking get in here. Get in here. Well, I like this. I mean, I like I like sabotage leading to things like this. I love the cut to them, to the chief, whacking this, the, the glass out with the mallet. I like that edit. And then, oh, of yeah. course, Callie reporting that the weight is off on the rounds. The case was weakened, mm-hmm. says the chief. One bad round's a fluke, Mr. Anderson, but more than one is sabotage. Pull them all. You heard Pull the em. chief. Pull them all. I love that. Love it. I love that. That he fucking cha- his orders changed the whole dynamics of the entire ship. Basically, yeah. I was like that's it. That's right. Our defense force has got to come down for a little bit. Too dangerous. I like that a lot. Yep. He's not fucking around. Pull them all. No. And uh, they get to work on it <clears throat> immediately. Now, pull them all means uh, this is going to have repercussions pretty soon here, which we'll talk about in just a minute. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, repercussions where it caused a little bit of an argument between uh, Lee and Ty later. But right. we uh, we shoot over to Doc Cottle, Mr. Anderson, old smoky Doc, right? With his white coat oh, yeah. and his white hair. How's she doing, Doctor? She's dying. Yep. <laughs> I'll be more grizzled than you, damn it. They have like a grizzled off. <laughs> a grizz off? Yeah, a grizz off. <laughs> She's having visions of her conversation with Agar, Adar regarding these strikes. I like the word name Adar, by the way. Me too. It's and cool. I like, I couldn't, you know me, I'm very strict about this. I didn't look up who this actor is, but I recognize him and I like him. I like this guy. I was like, oh, fuck, he's playing President Adar because that's a name we've heard a lot. But we've never gotten to see him. So I actually kind of like that it's, it's this dude. Yeah, absolutely. Played by David Icke. Ah, uh, okay. In the miniseries, been- but played by Com Fiore. In the series, so you're seeing Com Fiore, right? We've okay. we've talked about him on the uh, science fiction film podcast before, Mister Anderson. But what? oh, by the way, he's yeah. born in Boston, Mass. Who knew? Ooh. But you got to go way back, pal. Fuck. Can I take a stab? Yep. Uh, Dark City. Close. Shit. Close. I'm proud of you, mm-hmm. but you're not right. You're absolutely Damn. wrong. And I want to stress how wrong you are. I am incorrect. It's true. Episode 42, Matthew. 42, posted on the website January 21st, 2015. Right? Go listen to it on the Science Fiction Film Podcast, guys. Posted there, June 21, 2015, episode 42. Who even were we? Five minutes to Wapner. I know every episode. I know all of it. Bro, I got a fucking computer in front of me. (laughs) That's true. What episode is it? 42. What's the Chronicles of Riddick. There we go. Yes. Thank you. Yes. He's the fucking necromancer leader. He's the necromonger. Excuse me, sir. Necromancer. (laughs) Necromancer's fantasy. Necromonger sci-fi, Mr. Anderson. Uh, So many riled up nerds right now. Yes. They're calling for your head. And uh, they should, they deserve to have it. So yeah, episode forty-two on the on uh, on uh, the science fiction film podcast. Pretty cool, man. Nice, yeah, he's good, man. I've always really liked him. Makes a good fucking villain. Yeah. Um, I wonder if we've covered him outside of that. I don't think we have. I don't think. But no. Yeah, he was one of those guys that, like, in the nineties and early two thousands, just kind of popped up all over the place. Yeah, a very recognizable face. Very recognizable face for sure. But um, yeah. 
there we are. We have um, the visions. She's yeah. having visions of Adar. Uh, even in the future, teachers won't quit their bitching. <laughs> oh, boy. I wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the teachers. How dare they? Yeah. How dare they? You want pencils for your kids? Pencils. Fuck you, cutting your pensions. <laughs> That's right. Get back in there. Pull Get your back sleeves in up. There, right? Paddle those asses. I got an idea. How about they stop paying the administrators $900,000 a year and maybe spread the wealth out a little bit? <laughs> then maybe these fucks can get a couple of pencils now and again. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Dean. Bureaucrats need that money. Yeah, they do, right? I got two Ferraris. What do you do? I'm a principal. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's funny because this teacher chick I know can't make her fucking rent. So maybe you guys should restructure. I don't know. That's just me. Yeah, I'll give her my spare tire. <laughs> it's a Pirelli. It's worth more than her house. <laughs> here's my here's my Maserati donut, you bitch. I don't give a fuck. Look, it's true. I got a fucking Ferrari. It's glorious. Look, I drive it around. I do donuts in the parking lot at school. And I yell, get to work to all those bum teachers. That's right, dude. Fucking losers. And I go, listen, you can have my spare tire, just a donut. Okay, let's not get crazy. Can I give you the donut? <laughs> you can buy pencils till your head caves in. Here you go. This will help you teach those fat, ugly kids. <laughs> losers, all of you. Yeah. Look, that's the janitor. He's driving around in a Bentley. He makes a hundred an hour. <laughs> what fucking school district is this? <laughs> this like Popper's fucking nightmare. Like, and our <laughs> all of our school administrators make four hundred fifty thousand a year. Our teachers make six dollars a day. Dude, the teachers they, they go to the PTA. They go, not PTA. I don't know what they call them, but um. They go to one of those meetings, and the administrator has that big, tall desk from the obsolete man in Twilight Zone. It's like, like he has to take a ladder to get <laughs> yes. to it. And he's like, attention, teachers. Look, here's what we're going to do. <laughs> uh, it's so fucking awesome. I love this. I love, I love it. it. I love this <laughs> alternate universe that I want to firebomb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That's so good. All the teachers run for it. <laughs> I gotta run. be careful talking about firebombs in schools in the same sentence these days. But um, anyway, sorry, I got a little bit off track with our dumb bit. So, long story short, it's a teacher's dispute. Yes, yeah, yeah, sorry, like they're, they're protesting <laughs> conditions and pay and all that, and mm. they're you know, according to the president, he's like, oh, some of them have chained themselves <laughs> up, and there's basically been riots. And <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, they're criminals. Yeah, got it. I'm a hard ass. Right, <sighs> gotcha. Violence. Mm. So uh, Gaius, Billy, and Adama are all there now. Cardle brings up the Cylon fetus and how it's got abnormalities. And uh, Gaius reminds everyone that Cardle is not an expert, but, but, but I am. I love it. I fucking love <laughs> that's it. That's true. Rosalind orders up an abortion for the Cylon. Well, that's awfully progressive. <laughs> as my first order, as the first female president, I want mandatory abortions. Kill the babies, wow, kill the babies, uh, kill the babies before I die. <laughs> like, you know what, Rosalind? You're probably <laughs> right to leave that off the campaign trail and save it for your actual presidency. <laughs> I don't think you would have gotten here. I want to kill, <laughs> I want to murder all the ba- <laughs> the babies. But seriously, can we, can we give teachers a hundred an hour for the pencils? <laughs> but kill the babies, though. 
bring the fetuses to me. I'm going to suck out their stem cells. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Uh, uh, and this is from the Chronicles of President Rosalind Bathory. <laughs> yeah. That's a, a deep literal okay. pull for you, Matt. So, um, well, Geis doesn't quite understand this. Rosalind repeats Adar's words and says she doesn't have to explain herself. <laughs> Later, Geis tells Adama that her judgment is compromised by her illness. And here's where Adama is kind of annoying. Mm. Where he just says, get a hold of yourself. Get I'm on the president's you. side. I say kill the fucking babies with zero fucking evidence to prove it's going to be a problem from a chick who's dying who has total fucking problems right now with her <laughs> cognitive ability. But seriously, do what the president says. I think that's a good call and kill the babies. I'm President you know, Adama. <laughs> I do agree with you that he's he's kind of a dick here, but I actually like I buy into it as far as their dynamic goes because Adama has always mistrusted him. He has never liked Gaius. He has seen Gaius act weird. You know, he, he's seen him ask for strange things, and there have been times where they thought he was a fucking Cylon collaborator. Like, and I feel like whereas Rosalind is the kind of person who can try to look past those things and let people maybe grow and uh, give you another chance. Adam is the guy who's like, I will tolerate this, but I do not like you. Like he still does not trust Gaius's judgment of, of much. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I, I, I feel like this is one of the times that we actually see Adama blinded by his own, you know, subjectivity. I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah. The fact that Gaius brings up a legitimate concern that she's ordering the abortion of Cylon kids while on her deathbed in whatever fever haze she has going on, on top of the medication she's on, based on, quote, an anomaly in the fetus's blood, and you're going to go ahead and order the abortion of the fetus. That's what you're going to do right now? And And, and he brings that concern to her, to him, and then Adama goes, get a hold of yourself. Get a hold of yourself, Wait, what? boy. Why? Because I disagree Uh with your fucking girlfriend? (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. No, see, and that's the thing. I feel like if it were reversed and if it was Coddle having the position of, hey, I don't think we have enough evidence for this. This is maybe a rash decision. I think Adama would at least hear it out more. He would at least kind of like consider it. Whereas it's coming from Gaius. He's like, fuck you, you squirmy weirdo. (laughs) Like, I'm not listening to you. Yeah. Might have a point. (laughs) Mickey in the chat. Everyone in this show goes through dick phases. Absolutely. That's that's (laughs) what makes it good. No, he's growing up, our Adama. He's an admiral now, growing pains. I do love the moment where we see, you know, James Callis plays it well on Gaius's face where he starts to understand the responsibility heading his way should she die. Yeah, yeah. Head sick shows up. Performance-wise, yeah. Performance-wise, fucking, he's, he's great he's in this awesome. episode. And he's always good. Head sick shows up. She's not too pleased with Gaius. She's concerned for their child, obviously. Six wants the soon-to-be president guys to do something about it. Use it, your influence. It's essentially what she's saying here. To which guy says, listen, without military support, I might as well be an anointed dog catcher. And we've talked about that many times on this show. Right. I love that he said that, that he's a cognizant of that. Yeah. He doesn't like, overextend dude, his reach, does he? There is no such thing as power without the ability to enforce it. <laughs> like, there's, that, that just doesn't exist. Yep. Unless people just bow to you for no reason. <laughs> Well, the projection of power. Right, right. She reminds him that she has his own resources. A nuclear warhead. Hmm? You're really insane, aren't you? (laughs) Could be their only hope. Okay. 
Um, Dude, I'd love the way how how she shows up. Like, like I, we get the 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 feeling here. They don't quite say it, but I guess it's been since since uh, Adama's become admiral and Kane is dead, and you know, this big kind of like merging of the two ships and everything. Mm. It's been a little bit. I, I feel like bare minimum, it's been like a week or two and yeah. three. Like it's been some some time has passed here, and I I get the feeling from what the show implies that. She has been gone. Like, she has not addressed Gaia since that last time we saw them again. It's been weeks now, and that's why he's so shocked when he sees her. Like, she is so the pissed-off girlfriend right here. Like, I brought you your shit. <laughs> like, just, mm-hmm. oh, it's it's you. Huh? He's so taken off guard. Like, I, I like when their relationship, that's probably actually one of my favorite things about their relationship, the way it, like, ebbs and flows over time. There are some times where they are so, like, in sync with one another, and and he's, like, really listening to her, and they're, like, working together, and other times where they're so pushed apart and, like, adversarial. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You've got a great point there, pal. Oh, child. Adama tells Hilo that the pregnancy will be terminated, so Adama continues his trail of infant tears, stopping with the would-be father of the baby. Yes, What? Indeed. Why? Because of, uh, you know, a little anomaly. It makes total sense when you hear Carl explain it. Uh, something weird in the blood. Something about it. it. Unacceptable risk to the fleet. Hilo says, uh, she saved us. She helped us. And, and Amma reminds him to save her life. Don't mistake the will to live with compassion. I do like that line, though. Yeah. That's a solid line. Then. She's still the enemy, he says. Mm-hmm. So yeah, That's the thing. You know, there's a little bit of a fuck-up on the subtitles on this. I listened to it. I turned it all the way up, man. I, had a, I noticed that, too. Yeah, it yeah. says he, it writes conversion, but he says compassion. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there's so there's two in this episode where that happens. And actually, it's as much as I like Adama's line, that subtitle... It does make sense. Like I like that's also that also makes sense. The idea of conversion. She is not converted to you guys' side. She's not like a total like I don't know expatriate of of the Cylon. She's still a Cylon. Yeah, yeah. He always says, "Well, then I'll tell her. It'll be my responsibility." He walks away. <clears throat> yeah. And Dom says, "I don't expect is- you to agree. I expect you to accept it." See, now this was my moment in this episode with Adama, where I'm like. Come on, Adama. Like, you know. Like, you know your boy Hilo. You had to go, you had to go to war with another battle star to get his impassioned C- ass away from, from beating, you know, the guys off of Sharon. Like, you know how much he cares about her in this situation. You think he's just gonna swallow this? Like, you're not this naive. Like, right. come on. He has to know that this will come down to armed conflict. Straight I'm, up. I'm and positive like, just, Hilo the- dies in a shootout here if this oh, if this yeah. progresses. Oh, for sure. Because because Adama would do the same thing. Adama wouldn't just listen to... Put Adama in Hilo's shoes, okay? Some 47th in line of succession, fever dream, death store lady is telling... Is is deciding the fate of your child. Yes, your child that is, is, quote, a half-breed of the enemy. But still, Mm -hmm. I mean, a baby? Yeah? What's Adama going to do? (laughs) <laughs> he is not gonna let that shit happen right. he would fucking draw down yeah this is where in something like Dune Adama this, this is where something like in a real intense political thriller Adama just has Hilo killed before right. he even announces it because he knows the effect it will have that's like some deep level like uh, intrigue mafia shit 
Exactly. You're like, you don't, we just go ahead and take out the people you know are going to be the most incensed. Right. Why bother? Absolutely. You're like, you're going to tell Hilo and give Hilo the opportunity to plan his, his, his armed opposition to your crazy president's order. And the only, the only. Just walk up and he says, he stabs Hilo. You see that you, they cut to the knife coming out like in um, that fucking Shyamalama Ding Dong movie. Just coming out. I'm sorry, Hilo. Hilo drops to his knees. What happened? What? Uh, uh, he dies. Uh, uh, uh. That, Dude. That's I, some deep level Dune shit right there. It's true. It's true, though. But hell yeah. Fucking hell. Poor That's a Cersei Hilo. move, Mickey says. Hell yeah. It's true. Fucking evil. It's a good move. <laughs> it's a good evil. Stop saying evil. <laughs> okay. I'm just teasing you. <laughs> okay. You you holding a baby by its ankle, getting ready to smash his head on a rock. Stop saying evil. We're not we're not using moral judgments. Now help me bust this baby head. I mean, what do you want me to do? You want me to wait till the thing grows up and we fight in a duel? <laughs> over, <laughs> over his father's honor or some bullshit. Yeah. Good lord. <laughs> He'll had an accident, Dan Dan says in the chat. It'd also be the, yeah, that'd be the other that'd be the depending on what house you are in Dune, that's how it goes down. You go out on a raptor detail. I want you to go out and look for something out there in the dangerous space. Right? Really suspicious. <laughs> Next thing you know, there's a critical failure on the raptor. Oh, sad. Sad story. They do, not only do they say it was an accident, they just go full North Korea and wipe your pictures from every like graduation. <laughs> they're like, you just don't fucking exist. I like it. <laughs> just, nah, they're never here. What are you talking about? That's not a person. They don't exist here. That's, they're gone. They're gone. Yeah. <laughs> God. Well. Huh. Well, why don't we stick to the, Why don't we start with the universe that's been written, not the one I wrote? <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is and Hilo here is making and essentially the argument of Cylon individuality that like she is truly Correct. an independent actor here, like she is not being directed by the Cylons anymore. She has made these choices, and it's basically you know Adama and everybody else being like, I just can't believe that yet, can't quite believe it. Sure. Well, I don't expect you to agree. I expect you to accept. To which he says, it's easier to kill when you call it a Cylon. Dismissed. Dismissed. You got me on that one, Elo. He fist bumps him. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, son, you burned me on that one. Sick burn, Elo. (laughs) Were you on the debate team? So, uh, I don't know if that happens. But we go to the CIC. They're discussing sabotage. Sabotage. Ty, Lee, Adama, and Gaeta. Ties and thrills with all the Vipers being grounded because the CAG ordered them all grounded for this ammo thing. Uh, they have a little bit of a, a lover spat here, Lee and, uh, and <laughs> Ty, because Ty's like, we're in a fence list with the CAG all grounded. And he's like, well, too bad. <clears throat> and I mean, yeah, and this is one of those moments where I'm like, dude, Ty, you're just wrong on this. Like, <laughs> what, what do you do? You have all your, your fleet out there, still run training exercises, and every fifth fucking ship gets destroyed irreparably because of the ammo like, come on maybe like, there's, maybe there's, allow me to devil, well, allow me to play devil's advocate perhaps okay what if say ty say ty wants it on a rotation versus ordering every viper grounded right every viper is in is is in decks right now now not a military strategist certainly don't know how to run an aircraft carrier but yeah, yeah. what if you did them in rotations and or like you, you clear the ammo on one and make sure it's maybe all not good, one ammo pick, and then, pick whatever right. number makes sense logistically for their right. personnel, and you right. keep the other ones in the sky in the meantime. Because if the Cylons attack and you literally have to fight, I mean, yeah. you shoot and, and hope you don't got one of the dummy rounds because 
you're going to die anyway, right? Presumably. It's true. It's true. And I would say if they weren't Cylons, just the projection of force might deter an attack. Right. If you right. see no Vipers out there, you're kind of saying, well, here we are. Come, come kick our dicks in. <laughs> but I guess... And it might even I, be that way. Like, it could, it could it, be one of those things... What's that? It could be, but I I'm just want to defend Ty for a minute. <laughs> you so let me have Ty. this. <laughs> but I could totally see it, like, I, even maybe, uh, like, Chief's logic of get them all in right now and do, let's get through them all at once as fast as possible. Let's yep. clear Absolutely. all the ammo as quickly as we can Absolutely. and then get them back up there. I'm into it. Good arguments on both sides. <laughs> so, <laughs> kamikaze, yeah. They just start fucking... <laughs> For the colonial fleet, kamikaze and into fucking yeah, base fucking, stars. They, they get all the ships out there. Like, sir, are we cleared to fire? Is the ammo good? And Ty's like, Operation Rising Sun, boys. <laughs> get fucking ready. Awesome. Hope you all wrote wills. Nice, nice. <laughs> well, we move over to uh, Adam, of course, orders the investigation, which they solve in the first 20 seconds of the next scene. Kind of dumb. <laughs> It's, it's she is the worst under pressure, the worst person to be interrogated. Yeah. Oh, my God. Boy, if the mafia were here, they'd be like, you guys should have offed her right away. Good Lord. <laughs> she fucking turn on everybody. Plea deal with <laughs> the fucking cops walk up. Hi, we're I'll take a plea deal. Whoa, holy <laughs> shit. We didn't we were just going to ask if you'd seen a guy. <laughs> holy hell. Yeah, I killed him. Oh, we won. <laughs> yeah, I shot that guy in the face. <laughs> God damn! I just asked what color shirt you, you had on. Call for a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such a good bit. Everybody needs to look up the Tom Segura Forty Eight Hours bit. Oh, it's so really good. good. Well, they find an Asha Asha Yannick. Cool name. It's cool. She's some kind of revolutionary. She's declared war on Galactica's armies of death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the armies of death. You're talking about the resurrection ship and the fleet they just destroyed with the help of the Pegasus, that one? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. She's making sure on the same timeline here, the old Yannick. She's it, ranting and raving, running around like a goofball. They ca- I mean, like, she is like, oh, Captain Adama, I've got a message for your father. And he's like, okay, that's the one. <laughs> they just, you know, grab her as she's, you know, screaming all the, we demand peace. We have a, a cause, blah, 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 blah. They take her away and then they find, when they go back to her apartment, you know, her, her living quarters or whatever, all these manifestos from this demand peace organization. And the thing that bugs me about this, we've already kind of alluded to it, but I'm like, what do you... I could understand a movement of people being like, why don't we try negotiating with the Cylons? Like, why, let, let's really actively try to open up a channel of communication and, and negotiate with them. Maybe we haven't tried that hard enough. But the idea of, I'm going to sabotage all of our defenses. Stupid. To try and force the leadership to negotiate. I'm like, you guys realize that they surprise attacked you, started the war. Like, it's not like humanity went after them and then the Cylons came back with overwhelming force and it's become a war. It's like, no, they kicked, the, they attacked first. Their intention is to attack and destroy. Like, right. You, it's you dumb. Have to be if, an if, idiot. If, to think if the formation of your whole group is to demand action from leadership and get them to consider surrendering and talking to the Cylons, and you disable their defenses, clearly you know that if the silence attack, that you will just all be annihilated and destroyed. And if you want to talk about an army of death, how about the annihilation of your species? Like, you're, you're, not, being, you're not making any sense, lady. Now, right. 
to Scott's point in the chat, who says, I think this would happen at some point on wars and never end, war fatigue and all that jazz. 100% I agree with Scott on that. And that's why I think, that's why I think Tom Zarek had a platform and why Zarek should have come back into this conflict. Yeah. Like, I think, I think you could have used him here. Plus, he's an awesome actor. Plus, he's a cool character. You know, he's interesting. He makes the show interesting. More than a random group of people with paraphernalia about surrendering to the Cylons and terms of surrendering. That, you know, that they've given you no inclination that they want you to surrender. They've, they've not delivered terms of surrender. In fact, in the miniseries, it's clear that no, no communication was given. We, we see that. As, uh, as Rosalind starts to learn about the annihilation of the presidency and the 40-whatever-other-people ahead of her, right? There was, no, there was no, nothing given. So I think, I think you could have done it where if you wanted to add this kind of intrigue to it with infighting or some dissidents, I, I think you could have done it in, a, in a, just a more compelling way, maybe bringing Zarek back into it. I just I felt it a little manufactured, that yes. they would use violence to try to get people to surrender. And honestly, I feel like one of the weakest elements of this episode is not necessarily just the you know, the demand piece, people, the movement or whatever. It's how they're introduced. Like if there had been some, you know, in the past couple of episodes, little hints, little things, you know, more, you know, talking, just even mentioning that there have been some more riots. There's people who are that's what we need. Quorum, like stuff like that. Yep. A lead up of of there's a riling of the people, and they're getting tired of this. And I feel like a, another really big part of this that's really only briefly mentioned is how often that they're now talking about civilians being drafted into this. Yeah. Like that's, that's major. That's huge. Anytime you go from a war being from volunteer soldiers and, and crew to people being drafted into it, you're going to get a lot more dissent and anger and, and frustration. Like that d- would build into a problem. But I, I agree with you in that. I think what Zarek would have been best at is putting a public, face on this and it not being some pretend underground exactly nobody knows. exactly like, it sh- it should be a, a, a like they should basically be like i don't know a new political party where they're like we are out in the open on this and we're demanding that you you try to open up a channel with the silence we need to try and talk to them why haven't we tried to talk to them more like correct that's all stuff where i'm like that's legit yeah like that i mean i you can disagree with it but it's a legitimate avenue to be like this is what we think should be done but the the sabot as cool as sabotage is because i agree like just watching the chief having to break open the shell sure, sure i'm like ah that shit's cool i love that but at the same time the way this group is introduced i feel like is the, the weakest part of their Co- correct you know, existence if yeah. let me let me riff on that a little because i like what you're doing there you get my juices flowing right get me real riff, excited baby, riff. it's jazz riff. it's verbal jazz so no i like um i like what you're saying here the the what one of the things that you have to start thinking about when you think of the plot of this episode is the whole series and the way it's been totally set up, which is this. You have 50,000 people left. I don't know how many of those are military, but I do know that this secret underground group probably rubs shoulders with civilians more than the military. I could see something like this in, in a fleet. We're not talking about a giant country where there are dissidents. I'm talking about a fleet of 50,000. That's nothing. That's no people right. whatsoever. That's a stadium. Okay, exactly. That's a fucking stadium of people. You're telling me this underground movement forms with no lead time from other civilians who are like, "What the fuck? I better alert Galactica." Like that's Mm -hmm. another thing that I find kind of unbelievable, and that would have also made it cooler that it was not an underground movement in more of a political, like whooping people into a frenzy. Tom Zarek, it's time to talk. 
I want to flex my authority. I want to do this. And, 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 me, and even maybe taking the Tom Zara character who was initially kind of scummy and making him more compelling and having a point of view. Maybe, maybe the, there's, there's few, few uh, food shortages here. Maybe we see a sick mother can't get meds to, to her kid because the military is priority. Maybe we see all these little conflicts building up and it being a problem and they're feeling that they have no voice. And in that vacuum, here comes Tom Zarek, who has a point. Yeah, because these exactly. guys don't have a point that I can really they, wrap my head around. They do not, and it would be cool <laughs> to put. It, it would just for a show that's really good at making compelling moral quandaries. I just felt that this wasn't one. I guess is my point. That's not to say I don't think that there would be civil unrest under the conditions. I just think coming off of a major, a major Cylon, a major colonial victory where you added a second battle star to your crew. I feel like morale is high. Right. And I right. feel like the placement of this episode should have come when morale is really low. Mm. It might have made more sense, right? Morale's high. We get a big victory. We got a fucking battle star. We're doing pretty well. We gained some supplies. We gained some troops. We gained some ships. And now all of a sudden, like, this thing happens. I don't know. You know, and I think you could do... I know, we're going way off. We're going deep I like this, it. But... But I like it, and I, and I feel like you could keep the morale situation, the, the merging of the Pegasus and the Galactica, and and you know the the new like renewed strength of the military. That if it was if this was a political movement they were fighting against, I could see that political movement going. Oh fuck! Now the military is even more big and powerful, and this is going to continue the war, and that riles up their antagonism, you know, even more of like, well, fuck, we really got to get in there now because the war machine's bigger than ever. They're going to keep the war going. We got to demand peace like i could see that working but again if they're more of a political movement like this underground french resistance thing is like ah, i don't quite buy it yeah Falch says it would have been better before pegasus he has a point there and and, and maybe just make it if you want to make it an underground thing just make it more nefarious make it this group of people really manipulated by prisoner six Ooh, there you go right make there it a go. make it a cylon plot to cause sabotage and to wreck shit and to and to keep it underground and to, and to try to subvert and destroy. And these people are pawns of the fucking Cylon lady who's been holding court and swaying them to their side. But you never really get the sense like you just don't. It's hard to just feel like you, you, you understand them at all. Right, right. But I, and honestly, I, I, we're, I'm jumping ahead here, but I do want to say real quick. I, in my opinion, I feel like there's a real missed opportunity among the demand peace people, which I think could have been super interesting you know, there's that point where Gaius goes in. And he's like, do, "Do they know you're a silent?" She's like, "Of course not. Even they have limitations, huh?" I wish you were like, "Yeah, they do. Yeah, they're sympathizers. Yes. They know I'm a silent." Yes. Like that would have been fucking. Cool. That's what I mean. Like, like ma- holding court, like, like right. subverting them, manipulating them, and like and and literally working in tandem, maybe with other Cylon agents who are pretending to be on the cause for peace with the humans. They're like, ah, like that, ooh, that would get so entangled and so interesting. I'm like, ah, damn, I wanted them to, to know she was a Cylon. Yeah, and, and, and it doesn't have it. to be this huge resistance. It can just be, be a few key people that are saboteurs. Right. You know, yeah, some guy she's fucking that, that, I mean, come on. She'd tell you to kill your mother, you probably would. It's not that much <laughs> of a stretch, you know? Uh, and maybe a couple other people that are, that are in on it, and, you know, maybe, maybe one of the Cylons that we've seen revealed. The doctor, perhaps from the farm. Ah, uh, dude, yeah, I keep waiting for that. To right, come back that would have been I'm cool. Like, like, I mean, I guess Starbucks—the only one who knows about that one, the only one. Right. 
And I'm like, oh, I'm like, Starbuck, you should go to the fucking police sketch artist and be like, I know what another one of them looks like. We need to sit down. Yeah, I, I wonder yeah, if that's been done off camera. Who knows? Dude, I hope so. Yeah, no Dude, shit. That, Maybe that she doesn't remember so that she got shot up. But she is yeah, a military. I think she would have been debriefed on her capture. and right. I would imagine right. that happened. Mm. Whew. All right. Well, <laughs> we took a deep dive there, baby. That's how we do it. Love it. We got no time limits, bro. So that's the way it goes down. By the way, Ty, don't be afraid. We're not terrorists, but we'll not sit back while a warm war machine continues to push into its cruel, futile conflict. I love the way he reads it. He's so disgusted. <laughs> Who are these people? <laughs> he kind of laughs. Adama breaks to them and uh, that he has agreed to a meeting with one of their leaders and refers him that he's not negotiating. Mm-hmm. Just want to know what we're up against. Yep. Roslyn has more visions of guys in the grassy knoll. <laughs> That's true. The second shooter. <laughs> uh, it was this fuck. This fucking guy. It was this dude. What is up with his hair and his beard? He, seem, he seems so just, punchable. Uh, there, it's something I want, about, it might I even want just... them to lock this guy in a room with Colonel Ty. That's what I want. <laughs> Come here, you little squirrely bitch. <laughs> He's just a big bear hug. Oh, I'd love it. Just strangle him to death. <laughs> I, I honestly, it That's might not so be this guy. Why are you? Shh. <laughs> as he strangles him to death. <laughs> oh, fuck. But no, I, it, it might even be something with like the, uh, the color filter they lay over this like flashback scene or whatever, but it makes his hair and beard look glued on. It's fucking weird. I don't know. I yeah. think it's strange. Well, you know, people need to be mad about something. This guy's no except. <laughs> Even in the future, Matthew. They're mad That's about true. nothing. I like his vest, by the way. Is he a librarian or is he a terrorist? I can't tell. I, this show makes him out to be like a one of the, I don't know, teacher's union leaders. Dude, you, his position is so vague. You would definitely see this guy behind a dungeon master screen or across a Warhammer table as your opponent. Oh, yeah. 100%. And he would be, he'd suck to play with in Warhammer. He'd be like, can you double check? Was that an inch? And do you think you have that charge? I don't know. That's what he'd be like. I don't know. He'd be one of those fucking guys. Get the rule book again. Look, I wouldn't care if it wasn't a tournament. <laughs> I'm a really cool guy outside of a tournament <laughs> setting. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah, and he starts a rant that I that he's just not. He just he's just acting like a kid who's been told to clean his room. You know. The people in this movement are following an idea, not a leader. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I always wanted to say that it was in Star Wars. <laughs> I just love that movie. Our idea is surrender, and you can never defeat surrender. Except when we surrender, and then we're defeated. <laughs> Wait, now that's no. He's not one of the demand peace people. He's with, like, the fucking... I don't fucking know. What are you talking about? Honestly, that was actually my biggest problem with the flashback scenes was... Oh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about... Dude, I'm talking about Ro-Yan Yi. Ro-Yan Yi. Oh, that guy. Yeah, That guy. Woo, we were two ships fucking passing in the night on this shit. I thought you were still talking about Rosalind's flashback guy. No, no. That's just a quick hitter. Oh, yeah, no, this guy? Oh, fucking... Dude, I don't know what his fucking deal is. Uh, Adama, dude, bluffing. the way he closes it out, Dama, you're under arrest, dickhead. 
I love it. <laughs> Arresting me isn't going to stop any of this. Maybe not, but it's a start. Take him away. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Adama, you harsh dick, you. Meanwhile, Thrace and Lee look through Yannick's stuff on the flight deck. It's weird. Bring all the evidence to the flight deck so we can have a compelling uh, location, uh, spot to shoot this in instead of like our quarters or the ward room or something. <laughs> to shoot this boring scene. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we need men working behind us so it's, make, it's more compelling to watch. Quick, <laughs> bring the I evidence to the flight deck. <laughs> While well, I rifle through this box of clothes and socks. <laughs> you know what would have been awesome? If they were talking, you just heard, zzz, zzz, <laughs> She's like, what? She's like, I, what? I, he's just fucking yelling in her ear about the socks. The Daru Mazu. <laughs> the what? Why did we come zzz. here? <laughs> it's so just stupid. power drills and people dropping shit. Yeah, clang, 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 that's true. That's it's, it's so dumb, it's really right? True. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> anyway, uh, they pull about the Daru Mozu, a ship, a Tilium refinery, I guess, ship. Leader is up a tag team, not a tag team. Dude, that one annoyed me Come so much. On, the fucking dude. subtitle. I was like, tag team? Is this your special elite tag crew who runs around playing tag? Like, what the- <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> what? <laughs> tag, you fucks. Come on. Yeah. Nope. So Hila breaks news to Sharon, and Sharon does her best Bronson impersonation. <laughs> Dude, this, this honestly was one of the bigger surprises of this, this episode. This is awesome. I was like, shit, I did not... Uh, she pulled, pull, she pulls a Bronson, except she doesn't strip naked and cover herself in butter, which is sad. Uh, butter me! Come on, <laughs> fucking come in here and fight me! <laughs> fucking Tom Hardy. No, she doesn't, but she does guy. ram her head into the glass like a mountain goat. Dude, for uh, like this, like reinforced prison. I'll glass, kill my baby instead. <laughs> 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 Fucking damn. Okay, I like that. I, man, that's badass though. That's like some. That's like you know they do those rugby dances, right? Yeah. And people are like, that's the scariest thing in the world. I'm like, is it scarier than a great white shark chasing you? <laughs> scariest thing uh, in the world artillery is a, singing a, down. The from scariest the sky thing in the world is a bunch you. of kind of tough guys. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm teasing you, rugby players. But um, but that's reminding me of this psych out shit. Just punching yourself right. in the face before a fight. <laughs> Ooh, crazy. <laughs> but no, yeah, this was. I mean, I I like her exploding. To be honest, like I like her being pushed over the edge and fucking losing it. Like I think it's again, it's easy for us to think of Cylons as more put together than human beings. And that's a lot of the times, especially, you know, the sixes and the, you know, the Laobans behind the scenes, uh, they're, they're very like, they, they seem cold and calculated. And I like this moment of reminding us they are, they're not us, but they have emotions and they become unhinged. Like they are not totally cold robots. I agree. And you know, it would have been cooler if the payoff was she beats up like two Marines when they go in and they finally overwhelm her, they just literally walk in and grab her like she's a petulant child. 
I 100% thought that was going to was going to happen. So I was dumb. Like, oh, we're going like, to see oh, some of that. Oh shit. This bitch is fucking ram ram her head into the yes. glass. She's bleeding. She's going to get Cylon strength on these guys cuz they can't just exactly. shoot her. They have to fucking grapple with her. I was like, give me some of that mini series Cylon strength, that fucking terrifying I will whip a metal table across the room if I yeah, feel like it's Cylon strength. Open. I was like, come on, yeah. man. Let, I, like, just, I wanted to see her like do just one it man like leg kick that just shatters a dude's leg. But you <laughs> know, ah, fuck, it's, it, I forgot it's their possible Cylons. the sleepers don't have the strength. I don't know. Maybe they do. Mm, but it would have been cool. The that's lead up would have been cool if it wasn't just like, all right, go to your room. It's like you're taking, it's like when you see parents taking their screaming kids out of Toys R Us by the wrists. They're like, come on. But I want the Star Wars figure pops. Nope. <laughs> just dragging them out Yank by the wrists. Nope, nope, nope. Nope. That's it. Doesn't happen that way, unfortunately. So, Marine's going to grab her. They just yank her. Take, to me, take, take me to the good ship Daru Mazu. Boy, does this shit turn south fast. Mm. Boy, when we land, we move fast. We're going to get in there looking for any explosive devices next to their FTL drive because that's what they had seen uh, in, in that dude's you know, luggage or whatever when they're rifling through their plans, like a blueprint of this ship's FTL drive. And they know that uh, the, the previous woman that they had taken in for sabotage was working with explosive materials. So they're like, oh, fuck. They're planning an attack. They're going to take out this FTL drive. But they get a radio transmission Yep. That is basically like, none of us want to die, but the fighting must end. Yeah. If my sacrifice sends a signal to the Cylon that brings peace, then it was worth it. Right. Ugh. I'm doing this for my children. I'm killing myself for my children and all these I'm, other people. I'm killing myself for my kids. Their life is going to be much better when I'm dead and we surrender and then they're dead. Much better. So much better. Quick thinking by uh, Lee, though. He, he manages to uh, get out of the way. Yeah. That's actually a moment I really liked because I hate when in movies or shows when, like, a SWAT team or military is, like, going into a situation and something like that happens where they're getting, a, like, some weird cryptic propaganda message and they're like, huh, better listen to this the whole way through and yeah. see what happens. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, this is obvious. Like, it's an attack. Like, get the fuck out of there. And I love how he, even before the thing's over, he's like, pull out, pull out, pull out. This is you bad. You can hear it in her voice. It's awesome. Oh, 100%. Go up. It's like, get the fuck out of there. And, dude, uh, one thing this show has always done right is the f- space footage. Like, that explosion, the air getting sucked out of the thing, seeing the debris and the people flying out of there, that shit is intense. Danny Fouch reminds us that Prisoner 6 has the strength. Of course. Of course. That is true. That is true. Right. Although, there, the, even the way, jumping back to that, actually, when, when she attacks uh, Gaius in the previous episode... It didn't quite strike me as full blown uh, more than human Cylon strength. It just I think she was holding as, back. You think she because when back? she goes Maybe after so. the Marine, she just breaks his neck with a little fucking hand twitch. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> that actually is probably the better example. Right, of when she just spins that dude's head. <laughs> fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Movie neck breaks are funny, but it's okay when they're robots. It makes a little more sense. Makes a little more sense. But um. Yeah, he's interrogated by Dama, and uh, they start a little foreplay, a little choke foreplay. What'd you think of that? Did it get you excited? Uh, Harder, Daddy. (laughs) A little too hard, a little too hard. Oh, my God. He throws him back like, Mm -hmm. ugh. I will tell you, yes, I will tell you where my compatriots are. Oh, I just can't resist your charm and choking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Got that right, you can't. I don't care if I have to interrogate every civilian on this fleet. Mm -hmm. Love it, love it. 
Yeah. Well, Adama's not fucking around. Not fucking around, especially post another attack that actually got people killed. Yep. Uh, so Gaius gets a tour of his, uh, what we think is his office to be. What'd you think of this? <laughs> I love this. <laughs> he is so unprepared for this. And he knows it. Like, he's like, God, I don't actually want exactly six wants him to be president yes that's what i love about this shit with him in this episode oh yeah there's not a single moment of him being in this room or being at the desk where he looks remotely comfortable he's just like uh he wants to be adored he wants the adulation but none of the work none of the responsibility well i mean also because it's like he's the he's a genius for science and that scientific work and that research, like that's invigorating and interesting to him. The idea of getting into the bureaucratic political slugfest of right. convincing people who hate you to do right. other things and let's compromise. He's like, oh my God, I don't want to do that. Oh, that's oh, such that a woofer. sounds like hell. Such a woofer. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, that sounds wildly boring. Mm, uh, this sounds terrible, to be honest with you. So, um, yeah, he wonders about the number on the whiteboard. You know, we talk a little bit about that. Season hey, man. six among the others as confirmed Cylons. I like that. That jolts him. She's at the first one. And, dude, I was dying to see the rest of them. I was like, oh, please go through the pictures. I need that update. I need that. How many do you guys know? Ah, I wanted that. But, dude, Billy, I got to say, Billy fucks up here, man. Why? Does he give him that letter right now? I mean, I understand his reasoning of him like, well, it's going to be really hectic of these next couple of days and the transition period. You know, we're fully expecting her to die and having her funeral and it's going to be crazy. Might as well give it to you now. But I'm like, no, man, you should have held on to that. Like you should have waited until it was done. And that is something, you know, once he takes his oath of the office of presidency, then you give it to him. Mm-hmm. Like before that, fuck no. Yeah, it is, it's, a bit, it's a bit premature. Premature. But we know that that's Billy. Did I do it right? <laughs> did I go? Did I? Did you go? Because I no, no, did. No, no. Oh, I know you did. No, no, it goes like this. Did I, I do it right? <laughs> <laughs> you I seem to it? be enjoying. Shut the fuck up and just fuck me, Billy. Jesus Christ, <laughs> stop talking to me. God damn it, dude. It's D just Get out of your at him fucking like, oh head. Oh my god. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. Anyway. Yeah, a little premature. Guys gets a call. They asked for Mr. Vice President. The music the music is menacing. Guys oh, yeah. on a raptor. Raptor. Scrolling through notes, gets to the cloud nine, and he meets prisoner six and her tattooed bodyguard. Who are you two up to? Oh, hey there. It occurs to Guys that she's a member of the peace movement. And Guys is a bit overwhelmed by seeing Six in the flesh, obviously. And uh, as they stand close, she touches her face. This escalates. He kisses her. She pushes him away. He apologizes. She says she isn't ready. He wasn't ready. He wonders why she called him there. And she says to save him. He says they can use the office to turn, uh, they can use the office to turn them against Adama, thus paving the way for the silence to save them. So Prisoner 6 uh, still has her uh, mission going by the, by the look of it. <laughs> well. Yeah. Talk, Dude, what do you think he, of this shit? I'm just, the moment of him being, I can't help myself. I can't, I'm like, this is going to go so badly for you. Dude, don't you remember when she dove on top of you and almost strangled you to death? When this woman says no, you probably should listen. <laughs> so bad. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuck. But yeah, because, you know, she is not the same six, you know, and I feel like he's only just barely beginning to, to recognize that himself. Right. Right. Man, in the but flesh, yeah. all yeah. sophisticated with her glasses, it. right? Oh, yeah. I mean, she she's not there to kill. Great, she's not obviously. there to kill people. She's just an innocent person. She's very studious. <laughs> she's not a Cylon agent bent on paving the way to Cylon fucking salvation. Whatever she's talking about. <laughs> exactly. And I do him taking that moral stand, which is hey, a rare thing that Gaius does, but of being like, I am not going to be the person who causes the destruction of all mankind. Awesome. I refuse. Like that's. Excellent. I love that moment from him. More visions back to the Prez. Do you believe him before we move on? Guy is there? Mm-hmm. I I do. I actually yeah. do believe that he does not want to be the direct cause of this. Um, you know, to speculate a little further, I feel like he is still even now trying to probably imagine over the long term ways that he can work with Six to slowly pull her back from what she wants to do. Like that's I, I like it. You think like he's, he's on a conversion mission for her? Like I think that's what he would prefer, and I, I think that maybe maybe he fails in the moment of you know the the real test and and crumbles. But I think if you ask him in a calm moment when he has time to think, what's your long plan here? It's to find a way to walk <clears throat> her back. It's an interesting scene with her, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Now now that we're talking about it, now that I'm thinking about it. We know about all of the dialogue that he's had with Head Six, correct? Yeah. But what dialogue has he had with Prisoner Six? Ask yourself. Hmm. That is a good point. All he did was show her the kindness, talk to her, be nice to her, say he wants to give her a chance at redemption, helps her escape. Yet she thinks she's going to pitch this guy. Take Head Six out of the equation if we're to believe they're independent operators. What what makes her think that she can get away with talking to guys like this? Mm, that's that's an interesting point, right? Yeah, he. I mean, she's not head six, presumably. So why yeah. does she think that she can press this guy who was nice to her because she was brutalized? That she can yeah. then flip him and pave his the way for the fucking use your like what? Well, you know what? Actually, I I can imagine it because if it had stopped with him just being kind to her and 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 you know being the the one interrogator that wasn't abusing her, that would be a stretch. But the fact that he literally helped her escape, like helped okay. her break the law and get out of there, I feel like I I think she even probably knows that it's a big risky ask, but she's pressing it. Partly because she is a Cylon and she is fucking sick. Sure. And she knows she's stunningly gorgeous and he's totally fucking head over heels for her. I think she probably thinks she's going to use that as well. Mm-hmm. But I think that the main thing is that, well, there is enough subterfuge in him that he's against the the strict orders of the actual military that he helped me escape. Maybe he could be pushed a little further. Right. It's it, it. Yep, I agree. It's risky, though, that he doesn't just go say Adama here's where she is. Dude. Go get her. Exactly. That's the huge. Risk. Risk. That's the fucking gamble yep. of like, oh, okay, you want me to commit treason? Boop, boop, Adama, an attack team. We're done. <laughs> like, here we go. And, and then the ludicrous <laughs> moments of the fucking nuke at the end. I mean, that's what, dude. Anyway, that's whew, that's a whole thing. We'll get yeah. to that. <laughs> but uh, I do like him. I like him making a stand here. So um, apparently, uh, Roslin's been stooping the president. Indeed. Indeed. 
That good old Combe dick. She t- <laughs> Yikes. She tells the president that strikers are backing off. She made them a promise that she would hear out their grievances. Um, Adar doesn't love it. Does he? <laughs> You've put me in an awkward position here. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't send out my billy club crew, so now I look like a pussy. He, he doesn't care. It's not that he... He's not mad at the fact that they're going to... That, that, he's mad at the fact that she's now set a precedent that if you hold out long against this administration, you get what you want. He has a good point. Yeah. Yeah, there's a point there. And then he says, you're going to resign. <sighs> yeah. Damn power. Pretty, pretty hard dick. Power move. move. But this, this fucking guy, and we didn't talk about it earlier, but he said oh, one of his lines that riled me up so bad is any any person in government on any like tv show or anything like that who who talks like this where he's like well you know you know it's the thing that that uh rosalind herself quotes later on where she's like well the thing about being president is you don't have to answer to anyone and i'm like ah no it isn't you're a public servant you're the employee of the people you fuck Mm -hmm. like you're not a goddamn king you do have to answer to people and you do have to explain yourself Mm -hmm. what the fuck I hate that shit. I'm like, ooh, you a bitch. Yeah. Uh, Daniel has a great point because Caprica 6 has memories from before the attack. Mm. So obviously she has a line on him. Fuck. That's a really good catch. Thank you, Daniel. Damn. So uh, she tells him to be prepared for a fight. And then Adama decides to make an announcement on the 1MC about a grave prognosis for the president. She's about to die, so... Y'all can pray or think about it or whatever you want to do. This is cut against Sharon being restrained and sedated. And um, I, the Marine girl holds the stock of her weapon against her bicep. It makes me want to blow the whole Battlestar Galactica up, to be honest with you. <laughs> we fade out with cool music. And then um, we see Sharon on the gurney, Hilo at the door in the standoff. Oh, yeah. This is, this is a cool moment. And I you like know it. it's coming. I like it. Yeah. Admiral, please no don't do this, Hilo says. Do you know the shit Hilo's been through? Exact. Dude, again, of any character on the show, I feel still the worst for Hilo. <laughs> like, what a shit run of things. God, this guy deserves some R&R. Right, right. Um, well. You're a soldier, Hilo. I'm a father like you. Which I'm also like, mm, that's a little bit of a stretch. You're a kid's not even born yet, and it's the Cylon hybrid. Mm, slow down. But I get the appeal. I get him trying to to make that. Right. Hilo pleads to take her off the ship. Adama says no. Gaius shows up and says he was very wrong. Very, very wrong about the fetal blood work. Things are very tense. And then we see Gaius breaking it down. This is it. So you're welcome, Hilo. Gaius saved your life. Straight up. <clears throat> the Cylon Marines gun you down. Yep. The Cylon fetus contains no antigens. It has no blood type. It's astonishing. I wonder if the Cylon blood is blessed. Can I say blessed? With a heightened resistance to disease. So Guy starts to make these connections that Cottle did not. Guy breaks out the results. He applies a sample of Sharon's fetal blood to some samples taken from the president, and the cancer was gone in a matter of hours. Yeah, man. He said it's untried and dangerous, but that it's possible that if Sharon's fetus is boarded, we will never know. Mm-hmm. That's it, man. That's And that's as cool as a moment this is of like, holy shit, that's the kind of properties this blood has. The way that it's introduced, like I said, in the nick of time, sex machina. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit like, ah, well that's perfect. <laughs> Interesting. It, it would have been cool. It would have been cool if it was introduced in an episode prior 
and we came back to in this episode as tests were run, and it was a precedent set. It might have felt a little less deus ex machina, I think. Yeah. Anyway. That's true. Cut to them jamming a needle to Sharon's womb, I guess. Not to abort the baby, obviously. Uh, Cottle doesn't love the idea. He talks like a dominant. I don't love it. I don't love it. (laughs) Guy suggests that the patient's current condition means there really is no downside. And Cottle says maybe it's just her time. Then for once, perhaps, I am the beacon of hope around here. (laughs) That is, as much as I get where he's coming from there, Cottle, that is, I'm like, dude. Yeah. Come on. You're a doctor. Don't say that. <laughs> like, there, like, I understand what you mean. Sometimes, oh, gee, oh, to, to keep intervening in somebody is just, like, more cruel than just letting them go. That can be true. But at the same time, come on, man, you're the doctor. You can't be like, well, I guess it's your time. See ya. Time to smoke another cigar. <laughs> we flash to Rosalind's memory of winning the negotiation. She sees Gaius and Six making out on the grassy knoll. Um, she has a seizure, right? That's because Six is so hot. And just makes a president seize out. Uh, Coddle, <laughs> I'll be damned. Sorry, I'll be damned. Rosalind sees Gaius and says, Dr. Bauta, oh, she's quiet. He's like trying to calm her. <laughs> mm. Sharon looks on from uh, the spot next to them, and Guy urges her not to move. Cancer's gone, Coddle reports. Mr. Anderson, what were you thinking here? Dude, it definitely fucking surprised me um and i i've been thinking for a while how is this show gonna handle Rosalind? like what are they really gonna kill her off and i i was truly like they fucking might i i believe this show would um but i kept thinking but is she gonna find a way is she gonna find a way to be saved and i'd say my favorite aspect of her of this procedure working and her cancer being cured is how it complicates the prophecy like that whole thing of you know, the, the religious people among the fleet, I feel like might start to, their faith will be shaken a little bit mm-hmm. of like, well, wait a minute. The prophecy says the leader is dying and then dies before, you know, we reach earth. Like that's almost like an essential part of the prophecy. So the fact that she's alive and well was going to be like, huh, a bit of an eyebrow raise for like mm. the faithful. And that aspect I really like. Indeed. Um, that shit is cool. It makes me wonder how, what other further you know, we're going to have a de- demand Rosalind's death fucking uh, a popular uprising. I like it. I don't know. How about Rosalind's own faith? Her own faith. She yeah. was balls deep in the, in, in, the, in the Pythia stuff. That's true. That's true. It's, it makes, makes me wonder how she'll feel about the prophecies. Mm, me too. I wonder. And also, I mean, I, the thing, as much as we've been saying, you know, it's a little like easy of a fix for this to just suddenly appear and oh the Cylon baby blood fixes it I also like that it is Cylon blood that saved the president it's cool. that's a pretty yeah. that's a pretty hard thing to just go well you know it's, it's whatever it's like no it's not that's a, that's a pretty major deal that Cylon blood saved the president of you know the humanity indeed okay let's talk about um, so she wants to talk to the spokesperson right in the brig they wheel her in. I need your personal assurance there will be no more tax. She stresses the need for trust in order for negotiations to commence. The man folds. She warns that his friends will be hunted down if he reneges on the deal. Mm-hmm. I would imagine this violence. little shitbird shit folding under the presence of Laura Roslin. <laughs> exactly. You actually have the president right in front of you talking you down. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, again, one thing I like about Rosalind, you know, a lot of what I like about her is her knowledge of just presence. Like we were talking about earlier, like you, you, you even said the projection of power. That is something that she understands very well, that 
it's not just the fact – it's not what she says to him. It's the fact that she's there. The president of the colonies is there right in front of you and you're, you're realizing that, wow, holy shit, I do actually have an audience with her. And they're taking me, they're taking me seriously enough to fully address me sure. and, and give me a warning. Like that alone carries weight, even probably more so than the actual words she says to him. Not just that, but I also think part of it is that if we give the show the benefit of the doubt – and we assume that he is really into his little uh, death cult, mm-hmm. that he's been surrounded by, quote, the enemy with the military, and she's not. And she has point. some yeah. authority, and maybe he just relents a little, knowing he's not talking to, quote, the enemy. Right, right. It's because possible. You know, the, I'm not, I'm obviously, definitely... obviously, everything you said matters, too, and I don't think they're mutually excuse, exclusive. I think it's a combination of that plus this guy knows that he's not dealing with people who literally despise him and the feelings mutual. He doesn't despise the president. We we don't think. I don't think so. I mean, I think they're they're demanding action from the government and and they're upset about how the military has been handling things. So it's like now that the actual, you know, representative of the government's talking to him, I I think you're right. It it carries weight of like, look, I'm not here to just crush you, (laughs) you know, like, like the military. I'm not just seeing you as an enemy, but the violence has to stop. We have a great scene between uh, Gaius and Six, Head Six. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gaius celebrates his victory of losing his presidency despite <laughs> his, quote, rightful place of leadership, according to you, Head Six. She asks of Prisoner Six, do you love her? Gaius breaks open Rosalind's letter. He doesn't really want to get into this shit. Dude, he doesn't, he doesn't reply to that at all. Nope. Dude, what an interesting jealousy. Like that to me speaks even more to the idea that they are in very essential ways individuals Mm -hmm. as much as they share things and share knowledge and memories and maybe even some experiences that they – there's an individual enough element among them that it bothers head six that she's like, so do you love her now? Mm. She's corporeal. You can touch her. Like, oh, is that that better? Kind of. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of. It kind of (laughs) is. I can actually feel him. Oh, squeeze, squeeze. Gaius breaks out Rosalind's letter. He opens it. He reads it. It's not good, is it? It's definitely not. It's, I wouldn't call it mean, but it is very harsh. No, mean, mean is for children. (laughs) It's, it's definitely like, I think you are not ready to be president and you have to get your shit together (laughs) in order to do it. Right. Uh, and boy, he completely calls him is, brilliant, but then says your intelligence is unleavened by compassion. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So you don't think he's compassionate? That's an interesting thing. Hmm. Interesting. You're and about I, to kill the baby that saved your life. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a Cylon baby. Gross. Oh, right. Sorry. Stuff it in the trash. Ew. <laughs> Rise above your own selfish needs. Okay. Dude, and he just straight... I love that Six is in the middle of another one of her monologues of, see, this person actually is against you, and this is why... But she doesn't even need to convince him. He's already just tearing it up. Understand that the people in the fleet look to you not just for leadership, but for solace. For solace. Just fireside chats. (laughs) Find a way to give them that, and you will be a great leader. You're the president for fucking five minutes, lady. You're the expert on leadership. 
no, I mean, she definitely has a point. She definitely yeah, has a course, point. I mean, because I think course. more – she I, – I, it one thing I would say to Rosalind is that she doesn't know Gaius very well. And only – she only has like – a gathering of impressions of him. And I think she's, she, you know, we've talked about this before. She's very good at reading people and it's not so much that she knows him and despises him. It's, I think she just senses that lack of, for one will to lead. He, we know he doesn't have that. He's like so happy that he's not going to have to be the leader. And then she knows that as, as well. I think she just kind of senses it of like, if you're going to be in charge of everyone, you're going to need to give a shit about everyone like you're gonna need to yeah yeah i think i think the i think the letter would have been served if it attacked or or highlighted the fact that he has no interest in leadership yeah i think that's really what it comes down to i mean i don't know she was banging the president you think he was married (laughs) probably fuck off you high horse bitch okay thank you monica Lewinsky. (laughs) for the fucking letter (laughs) he tears it up Burns it with his cigar. Oh, my God. It's funny. <laughs> funny, funny. Anyway, um, yeah. So, you know, she leaves in the letter with her, with her words. And uh, he's kind of offended. He's, he's hurt. Yeah, like I said, Six doesn't even need to convince him. He just starts tearing it up halfway through her conv- you know, convincing monologue. Yep. And he rips it up. Well, now we know she'll never trust me. So why fucking bother, basically? Yeah. She's undermined you. He says, I've done a lot for the fleet. Fucking Billy. You see? You fuck up. Now you got Gaius all mad when he never even had to be. Mm. I think Head Six has a real good line here. This is beyond politics. This is about life and death. But I thought yeah. politics was life and death. Never mind. That's uh, Twitter. Uh, oops. <laughs> uh, oops. Uh, change it. So, um, yeah. Let's roll her into Seal Sharon. Let's roll a little Prezi in to see fucking uh, <laughs> roll, roll her in there. <laughs> Come on, wheels. Let's get you in there for that baby you were going to kill. Oh, my God. Roll old, what the fuck? Roll old Laura Roosevelt in there. <laughs> Laura, rolling Rosalind. <laughs> rolling Rosalind, roll, rolling Rosalind Roosevelt. <laughs> Oh my god. It's fucked up. It's fucked up that I say that about Freddie. Sorry. <laughs> was he wait, Jeez. I got the wrong guy, don't I? He was in a wheelchair. Who was the one in the wheelchair? I don't know presidents very well. <laughs> that was Franklin. Yeah. Franklin Roosevelt. Yeah, that's why I said yeah. Freddie Roosevelt. There you go. Yeah, that's it. All right. Don't tell me I'm wrong when I'm right. I didn't tell you you were wrong. All right, rolling Roslyn <laughs> Roosevelt, son. Get in there and look at the lady. Yeah. We found it. We found the joke. We got it. Hey, it took 20 hours. Like professionals. Rolling Rosalind Roosevelt coming in to check on the emotion. (laughs) I like this new wheelchair. It looks nice. But no. Got the space polio. (laughs) Talk to Oh, man. Talk to me about, um, talk to me about the end of the episode with this dude. This fucking guy. So what is Gaius doing? Dude, he is straight up working for them now. I hate this scene. Yeah, dude. This is, I mean, I, for one, and I guess probably what this scene really hinges on and whether you like it or not. And I'm, I, I definitely lean towards Jesus. This is a little over the top. It's a like, bit I, over the top, dude. Yeah, and what it what it hinges on is: Do you think Gaius is the kind of person who will 
change his you know entire commitment and risk everything based off of his wounded ego ego like if somebody insults him is that is that it and basically that's what it is like Rosalind has you know he, he understands that Rosalind does not trust him does not think he's actually fit to be president and he's got a long way to go and because of that boom fuck them all then and I'm like shit and part of me I like I do believe that Gaius does not want them to actually use this nuclear device. It's not like he actually wants people to get killed, but I think he's like, you know what? Fuck it. Let them have a big, scary piece of leverage to negotiate with because maybe they should negotiate with the Cylons. Mm. That's, which is still crazy. Like, it's still crazy that he would do this, that he would give them this fucking thing for real. They've already proved they're willing to blow shit up, man. Exactly, man. It's fucking gnarly. Mm. I don't know. You are not a fan. <laughs> nah, I don't love it. I think it's yeah. out of character for guys to do. Yeah. And honestly, man, it took me, I had to like, I rewound it like two or three times to be like, what is this fucking thing? <laughs> it looks really weird. Because he's never, like, you know why? Uh, there's no question that Gaius is a bit of a snake and he's very interested in self-preservation. Um, I think, I don't think he would allow his ego to arrive the possible ramifications that he gave a nuclear device to a shitty group with this lady. I, I don't know, man. That's a, that's a big one. I could I mean, see if like he a- was in prison and going to be tried and possibly executed, and the only way out was a massive distraction. I could mm-hmm. see him maybe doing that. But, man, I don't know about this. Daniel, Daniel Fouch in the chat brought up a good point. He knows Prisoner 6, who's now you know this leader within these people. He knows Prisoner 6 wants to die. So maybe he thinks she's going to be... I don't know, really unstable with it? Go on some kind of fucking martyr mission? Right, but that, but that, but that's more that than just her dying. I mean, if she has right, a nuclear right. device. That's pretty fucking crazy. Seems, it, seemed, it was a little over the top. Didn't love it. Yeah. And I, and I can even get behind a character making a rash decision that they regret. Like that, maybe this will be the case. Yeah, you know what was maybe. in character? Him in this very emotionally intense moment freeing her which led to the death of a marine that's a shitty thing that guy has did kind of in that moment allowing that guy to be killed right i don't think he wanted the guy to be killed i don't think he thought it through though i think maybe he thought she would incapacitate him but he fucking killed a guy and guys probably was like well i can see past that because i'm gaius in the heat of that moment but in this like ego driven nonsense you're going to give her a nuke and they've already shown that they'll blow shit up they blow up the fucking tillium refinery at least some of it they didn't destroy it entirely but it just doesn't doesn't ring true to me yeah yeah it's a it's a stretch now i will admit i am a guy's apologist so it's possible that i'm just annoyed that the character went this direction so i'm i'm going to be honest with you and say that perhaps i'm being subjective but i also just feel like it's a stretch in the writing too yeah yeah, and and I do agree overall. I think I lean a little more positively on it just because I think he is a much more emotional character than even he's aware of. Like he's somebody who is actually very emotionally driven, very passionate where he as he he's somebody who thinks he's very objective, which I think people who think they're very objective and not emotional are the most at risk of being like very yeah. played by their own emotions. Sure. Uh, which is why I'm yeah, un- I'm admitting to being subjective here. There you go. <laughs> you impassionate man, you. <laughs> that Portuguese blood in you. <laughs> Maybe. Could be. Fucking dirty Iberians. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Yep. 
All right, there man. We well, the that's terrorists have a nuke. The end. Holy There's shit. There's a nuke. The end. Yay. Crazy. Well, that's the episode, Mr. Anderson. I'm going to shoot over to the listener comments, and then we'll wrap with some final thoughts. I'm going to start things off with Craig Dealey, who says, after the resurrection ship double, there was going to be a come down, and Epiphanies is certainly not as good as them. Having said that, it was still a very good episode. First time I watched it, I was a little meh on the Roslyn cure and got rather pissed off at the people wanting to negotiate with the Cylons. In retrospect, though, the way Roslyn is brought back from the brink using Bud from the hybrid baby, the one she wanted to forcibly abort, by the way, was actually rather clever. Baltar's panic response to hearing her plans was pretty convincing and pushed him into using his brain to help someone other than himself. And even though that was a consequence of what we wanted, naturally, he's Gaius Baltar. As for terrorists, physical sixes on the loose... And those sounds are master me players, to put it mildly. If your rating scale is more like than love, but still pretty solid, nevertheless. Oh, in your rating scale, this is more like than love, but still solid, nevertheless. There nice. you go. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Mr. Dealey, from across the pond. You gentlemen. I want to read, <laughs> read the uh, quick one by Mr. Benjamin Prue. This was such a drop, it's unreal. Baltar giving away a nuke to a Cylon is just ludicrous. Also, ding, is ding, no ding, one ding, paying ding. attention to where it is? <laughs> yeah. I did like a, Adama. Yeah, like who's your fucking requisitions officer? Fucking hell. Where's the quartermaster? There's nukes floating around your fucking fleet? It's a great point, Ben. <laughs> like somebody's not paying attention, they like left it in a mini fridge at some point. Like, what the fuck? Who, who's keeping up with this? Where do the nukes go? But yeah, he said. He also just said, "I did like Adama getting rough with the sympathizers." Yeah, it's kind of fun. <laughs> it's just fun to see Adama do that shit. I agree. Right. Cool. There. There you go. Two of them. Bing, bang, boom. Bing, bang, boom. Final thoughts, baby. Well, like I said, it is definitely a middle of the road episode. It's not bad. It's not really all that good either. In, in a lot of ways, it's enjoyable to watch because I, I still even. I say worst, uh, with definitely air quotes, uh, but even the worst episode of Battlestar is still very watchable. Um, and this was a very watchable episode. I still like every character involved, even if they're at times a little out of character, a little bit off. Um, and like I said, it sets up things that I'm like interested to see how they, they play out. As much as I, I am annoyed with the introduction of the demand piece people, I still want to see where maybe a movement like that getting more popular among civilians in the fleet could go, the kind of pressure that that could add. That's got legs. Uh, that that concept has legs to me. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, that That could become something that they that is really difficult. Like, I, for one, I want to see Roslyn having to really get in there and get, you know, elbows deep into dealing with political dissension and having to, to deal with that because that's not Adama or Ty's forte. Like, they are, <laughs> we saw Ty have to deal with that shit and it was a disaster. Even Adama struggles with some of that. Like, this is, this is Rosalind's realm and now that she is cured, it's time to step up. Like, I, I like that uh, idea maybe coming forward and I do really like the idea of maybe later on when Rosalind's talking to guys at some point, like starting to have that memory from her her cancer stroke visions <laughs> of like, wait a minute, I saw you with that blonde woman, that familiar blonde that I feel like we've seen before. Like, ah, that's I'm a sucker for that stuff. I'm a sucker for Cylon intrigue and people getting exposed. Ah, that shit is <clears throat> is good. So I'm looking forward to that stuff. 
Um, but yeah, I think I think uh, Mr. Craig Dealey is right. Like, it's just one of those. It's w- just like uh, we, if you're a band and you put out your first record and it's a fucking hit, your second record is probably just not gonna be as good. Like, we came off some of the you know strongest episodes uh, of the series, and it's like ah, it's hard to keep that momentum going. We have to shift directions a little bit. It's a little awkward. So I have the feeling this is an awkward episode uh, that pi- it's pivoting us towards more interesting things as they get going. Perfect. All right. Well, we are going to good you bid you good people adieu, and uh, we will be returning next week. Do you want to know the name of the episode? Ooh, I do indeed. Black Market. Ooh, I like that. Hell yeah. We're, I like that. I really like that. We're, so we're plugging away, plugging away in the second season, and we're coming up on something called Black Market. Looking forward to talking about that episode. And uh, we will see you guys in a couple of weeks. But before we go, uh, we don't usually do this on this podcast, but you know what? I better start doing it because uh, we got some goals here at LSG Media. So a couple things. You can shop through our Amazon link. That costs you no money. LibertyStreetGeek.net slash Amazon. That's LibertyStreetGeek.net slash Amazon. We get a slice of that pie. So please do us a favor and do your shopping on Amazon through that link. You can bookmark that link. We've got it back up on the website. We've recently updated the website, blah, 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 blah. We do a Game of Thrones podcast, a science fiction film podcast, all kinds of shit like that. So, yeah, do that. Visit us on the web at LibertyStreetGeek.net. Follow us on Twitter at LSG Media. Same handle on Instagram at LSG Media. Matthew, tell these wonderfully attractive and lovely, lovely people, lovely, lovely as they are, that sadly, so sadly, we must bid them adieu for, what is it, two weeks? That's it. Two weeks, man. It's gonna it's gonna feel like a long time. But I'm pumped that we're plugging. I know we had a we we spoiled them. We had like three episodes in two weeks or something. Yeah, we gave it to them good. Now we gotta now we gotta pull back. (laughs) Now we gotta pull back. All right, tell them (laughs) give them a a, a proper a proper send off, Mr. Anderson. Fare thee well. Hold fast. We will be back soon. (laughs) 